Hello. If you can, please give to charities for those disenfranchised in these still troubled times. An example might be the Ogre Project, which helps black trans people with food, shelter, and other means of life. Also, support the Trevor Project, a mental health hotline for LGBTQ youths in trouble. There. Uh, if you would like to see more of me, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Jeems, which is J-E-E-M-S. You can find me on my Tumblr, which is also Jeems, my TikTok, Jeems84, my Twitter, the show's Twitter is at PennyTolerable, and I'm at MyPlanetIsJ, and you can find uh, we are available on Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, and several other podcast platforms. Now, on with the show. Also, for another amazing podcast, check out The Video Vault with Brandon and Skyler by my friends, Brandon and Skyler. Hello everyone, this is Jeremy and welcome to Penny Tolerable, where two large adult siblings talk about movies, TV, comics, and whatever else. We spend a lifetime together, so... You can spend some time with us. And, uh, who's this sitting next to me? Who's my comrade? <laughs> Hi, amigos! All about the hunters! <laughs> so, yeah, I bet we're the only Cowboy Bebop reviewing podcast that's going to do that for an intro. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I bet no one else has thought of it. We're the only people talking about this show, Nathaniel. Absolutely. We have responsibilities. Well, no, here's the thing. You, you joke, um... But I think by the time this comes out, we are the only people talking about this. <laughs> uh, if you haven't already guessed, we're, this is the Cowboy Bebop episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, do we have any preamble? Or are we going to get to this? Like, we're, we're just going to get to this. There, I have something of a preamble. This is, of course, this is this episode is uh, speaking about the... Dedicated to the memory of the original Cowboy Bebop. Yes, we'll be speaking about the uh, Netflix live-action version, and uh, I just want to put forward, this is not one of the, I don't want this to be one of those things where it's bitching about, like, face costume is different, or 
know, this and that. Like, this is, I'm not whining about, you know, this thing ruined a cartoon on Cartoon Network I liked when I was in high school. This is an analysis of this itself. Yeah, and, you know, I would think that would be very readily apparent as we discuss it. And we've mentioned it before on the show for any regular listeners, if any. But uh, absolutely, the the issue, whatever I'm going to say about the show has nothing to do with, like, well, Jet is supposed to be white, and Spike is supposed to be Jewish, mm-hmm. and uh, Faye's costume leaves a little bit less the imagination. Yeah. Than what, like, no, it's none of that shit. It's just, like... Um, you took something really good and turned it into something like not so good. Mm-hmm. If the if the worst thing about the new series was that Faye, the character, yeah. has a windbreaker, what? Yeah, then then I don't think it would be a bad show. I think it would actually be cool. If the only difference between the old <laughs> yeah. one and the new one is that uh, uh, Spike's hair kind of sticks up in the middle as opposed to sort of to one side, depending on where he's facing. <laughs> I would rate this as a pretty good show, actually. Yeah. Uh, there are other issues in play. <laughs> yes, many. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll let you do your intro. I have kind of a take on it, but uh, you're the host. That basically was my intro. Oh, okay. like Just putting forth that, you know, this isn't toxic nerds whining. It's... Oh no, we're we are toxic nerds of whining. Well, yeah, but for this, oh, I'm, I'm quite toxic. <laughs> no, uh, but I, I think we strive to do that with the show. Like we're we're never drilling down on like no, Jean Grey's hair is red. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Storm's eyes should disappear when she flies. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that shit. We're just like, oh, this person can't act. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, if I may, my, my thing on Cowboy Bebop, uh, well, I, we need to draw the distinction. So, I'm going to say what I've always said. The old cartoon mm-hmm. from Sunrise is Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. The new Netflix series is Cowboy Bebop, the Triple X parody. <laughs> yeah. Because that's that's all it, people have said, like, college humor and stuff like that. I guess that tracks. For me, no. It's just like when you have, like, a live-action guy playing Bob from Bob's Burgers, mm-hmm. and, and then they fuck. Like, yeah. The, this minus the fucking is that. Yeah. Um, this isn't Cowboy Bebop. And like, that's what it would say on the, the Pornhub. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for legal reasons. Uh, so the Cowboy Bebop uh, porn parody on uh, Netflix. Um, nobody cares about this. For, for as much as people talked about it for, like... A week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, towards the end of uh, our last episode of this show, I think we joked around about like, oh, like we're gonna talk about this and how much like I, I hate yeah. sight unseen, and I, you know, I was mostly joking, but I knew I wasn't gonna like it, and I was right, and I didn't finish the thing, and no one cares. Like, yeah, I'm I'm happy to do this, but. I even texted you and asked you, like, do we want to bother doing a Bebop episode? Because there's not that much to say about this. Um, and we went ahead and did it. So my take on the show uh, will be more looking at 
how people reacted to it and the idea of like how you adapt these things to begin with mm-hmm. or why you would bother adapting them. Because as as far as actually like critiquing the show, like well, jo- John chose good, yeah. But uh, the vicious storyline is a little bit weak. Like, there's no reason, no one yeah. like people were done with this from the moment it dropped, mm-hmm. and it's not even a disaster. Like if it, if it were a disaster, yeah. I would have finished the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's a bad show. Like it sucks and is boring, but it's boring in exactly the way you think it would be. Like, if you were on the fence about this and were like, I like the old show and the new trailers didn't really impress me. Am I missing anything? It's like, no. Like, just picture a boring-ass Netflix series where they share some of the names with the characters Mm -hmm. and that is it. Like, like there's no curveballs in terms of how it sucks. It, it, It reminds me a lot of, and this is a show I watched for much longer than I should have, the AMC Preacher Show. Because You finished that thing, right? Yeah, I did. Because it's a show that is more a weird adaption than a bad adaption. It has maybe two things that are actually improved on. Uh, It goes off the rails spectacularly. And in the end, it neither added nor subtracted anything. Yeah. To yeah, and and that's the thing with a lot of this stuff. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm like getting ahead of myself here, but the argument is not, oh, well, this is uh, better than the cartoon. The argument is not even, oh, this is as good as the cartoon. This is a like a worthy mm-hmm. parallel universe yeah. sibling to the cartoon. I've not even really seen a ton of people make that case. What I have seen is people going like, hey, look, settle down. If you pretend the original doesn't exist, like if you've never seen the original, the new one's really not that bad. To which I'll say, okay, like uh, agreed. If I'd never seen this, uh, I might have a different feeling. Uh, But I have. So that's a weird thing. To, that's a, that's a weird thing to premise this on, and, and that's, uh, that's matched with the fact that you can do that with literally any work of fiction. Yeah, which which is something I'd like to get into. The, this business of like we're going to endlessly reuse ideas, but it's not fair for you to compare the thing to mm-hmm. the thing that I copied. Yeah, why would you do that to mm-hmm. my my perfectly innocent gesture? Yeah. Like, no, I, I think that's I think that's a canard. I think that's like trying to have it both ways and failing both ways. And, and as far as saying like, oh well, like it's it's not a bad show, and it's it's not it's not like throw something through the TV like yeah. Elvis shoot the TV. Yeah. Like it doesn't like you know give you cancer like mm-hmm. a, like some sort of language disease in a Grant Morrison comic or <laughs> yeah. something like it. <laughs> yeah, like it's Ponty Pool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, it's not bad in that sense, but it's like, oh, well, it's it's just fine. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have time for fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't watch Sense8 and Into the Badlands and all these other, you know, to quote Roger uh, from American Dad, we talk about stars, so many almost good shows. <laughs> yeah. 
And, like, it, it's cool that, like, the new Cowboy Bebop doesn't cause, like, birth defects. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I'm glad about that. But it, I didn't watch Black Sails. <laughs> so if, if it's not better than, like, Da Vinci's Demons <laughs> or Blood of Zeus or whatever, why, why is the onus on me to give it a try? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, but I'll, I'll come back to that. I gave it a try because, uh, like, we're both huge fans of mm. the cartoon Bebop. And, y y honestly, when you see stuff, like adaptions, you, don't, you do not know where, it's, where it could go. Mm -hmm. I thought, hey, maybe this will actually be good. And I watched a few episodes and I thought... This is super different from the cartoon, but I actually like it. And then I think at about the halfway point, things just deteriorated. But yeah, uh, and that that's the other thing I will say. Like, look, I, I have not watched the whole series, but this is based on everything I've heard from friends and strangers is that like it, it, it kind of like peters out at the end. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you watch the first episode and you don't really like it, yeah, you've just watched the best episode of the show. Yeah, and that, and that was a big thing for me to get over because pilots notoriously tend to be pretty weak, unless you're like Arrested Development or Breaking Bad, I guess. And that's the thing about pilots; you need to be good. Like the yeah. pilot needs to be good. Yeah, and and so, but but but. It, it needs to be, it, it needs to be, like, your calling card. Can I just have five minutes of your time? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it's, like, Mad Men or something where Matthew Weiner literally walked around with the pilot script in a briefcase for years. Mm -hmm. And it's, a, you know, it turns out it's pretty good. I I'm aware that that's not a thing. I'm aware that the first episode of the show, of any show, mm -hmm. will be among the weakest, if not the weakest. There's a case to be made that this thing peaks at about the 20 minute mark. <laughs> and if it's like, it's like, well, that was kind of like long and boring and dumb. It's like, well, good news. It is downhill from here. <laughs> mm. Which really, not, not, not to just ramble, but that was my take. I watched the first episode. Um, the show seems to do a weird thing of like half adapting mm -hmm. some of the more fan favorite plots like like Piero Le Fou mm -hmm. uh, and then trying to merge that with its new stuff which mostly yeah. has to do with the syndicate yeah um, I remember watching the first episode and thinking like well th this like kind of sucks and it's kind of boring and it's not doing itself any favors comparing itself to the pilot of the the anime mm -hmm. but maybe it's suffering by contrast it's like how the first season, the first uh, season of The Office, is supposedly the worst one because, because it's the they're one trying that's, to yeah. be the Ricky Gervais it's, version. Yeah, exactly. It, you just like switch the two Ronnies with the three Stooges and yeah, like the territorial army with like the army reserve, and then don't change any of the other jokes or characters. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, well maybe that maybe the show will fare better when it's allowed to stretch its own wings. No, because the second episode outside of like. A kind of in-name-only thing with the Teddy Bomber. Mm -hmm. The second episode is when it really marks itself out. Yeah. Massive step down. Yeah. 
shin-breaking step down from the first episode. And so at that point, that's why I bailed out to the second episode, because I'm, I'm like, okay, I've seen what it's like when you do impressions, and I've seen what it's like when you try to be yourself, and I don't like either one of those. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And what I will be doing is, since I watched all 10 episodes... Feel free uh, to spoil, by the way. I'm not going to finish yeah, this. No, I, yeah, no, I will. Um, I'll be... Uh, I went on IMDb and got... Uh, like one sentence descriptions of the episodes uh-huh. and I'll be saying those and saying my piece about the episode. In the first episode, after getting shortchanged on a fee for a bounty, Spike and Jet head to New Tijuana on a trail to another mark, but they're not the only ones. This episode is, it's the Red Eye episode. It's the one with Asimov. Yeah. And there, there are some interesting touches like it seems like whoever directed this, or at least designed it, really digs the Mariachi trilogy because. Well, that's they, true they, of the pi- That's true of yeah. the anime too. Yeah, they make Asimov look especially like. Yeah, but that's Mariachi. that's true of the anime. Like he mm-hmm. and his girlfriend are meant to be uh, Antonio and Selma from yeah. Mariachi. Like, that, that in terms of like, oh, you're not allowed to copy. Don't get me wrong, like, the original Cowboy Bebop, Mm. like, just plunders pieces left and right. Yeah. But the point is, it makes it into its own cool thing. So, it's like, oh, cool, a reference to Shaft as opposed to, God, I can't believe they thought they could get away with ripping off Shaft. Mm. The the Piero episode famously is, like, they just wanted to do a Batman series episode. And they did, and it's good. Yeah. (laughs) So... There, there are different aspects of the episode. It starts out, they're, uh, they're getting a bounty from a space casino. And the scene is essentially the convenience store scene yeah. from Knocking on Heaven's Door. We have, you know, you know, you take too long to take a shit joke. And we have, you know, the, the all after all the chaos. It's, Somebody takes a hostage yeah. and Spike doesn't care. Which, by the way, uh, th- there was some discussion over this, because that happens like at least once or twice where Spike's like, all right, and acts like cold-blooded. Mm-hmm. And there is some debate over that. I actually go with the, the reading that he's bluffing. Yeah. Like, he, when he does that, he's like, fine, I'll shoot through them. And the guys are like, what? wait, what? And, like, that's what throws them off their guard, and that's yeah. what the drop. That's what I always thought. I, I take that reading of it. It does need to be mentioned that Spike is... A murderer, like he—he's an extremely lovable character, yeah. unlikable but lovable. Yeah, in the anime, which is a weird mixture. He is such like in kind of easygoing goofball. You do occasionally have to think, oh right, he's probably killed like eighty percent as many people as Vicious has. Yeah, his job for several years was just yeah. slaughtering people. <laughs> apparently good at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's... Uh, oh, if I may, could, could I... That brings me to something weird I noticed about the first two episodes, is that in terms of how they deal with, like, the bloodshed and the slaughter, there's, like, a weirdly psychotic mm-hmm. streak to it. So, again, in, in, like, the Bebop cartoon, they kill people all the time. Yeah. Yeah. People die. There's a like weirdly cold-blooded scene where Spike like 
Edward Jet like cracks a guy's neck apparently. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh shit! <laughs> like you yeah. just you know smothered him. Um, every character except like Adonine is a murderer mm-hmm. in the broad sense, but it's not a particularly like bloodthirsty show. Yeah, violence happens when it happens. So like a vicious shows up, like it erupts into violence. But the show's not just le- le- like bodies left and right, mm-hmm. you know, the top of the head getting blown off yeah. and the tongue flicking out yeah. like a death plot cartoon. There were, in two episodes, there were at least one or two conversations where they're like, did you see that guy's head explode? Yeah, I guess that was pretty cool. And they're mm-hmm. talking like that, and I'm like, you, you can do that character. You can have them be like yeah. Garth Ennis characters. But that is a different thing. That, that yeah. means the characters aren't just ruthless. That means they are not all like, D- damn, it went south and I had to waste a guy. No, that's that that's just psychotic. Yeah. You're just bolty from uh, <laughs> super at that yeah. point. It's like, oh, I like, to, I like to blow people up. And then fringe benefit, they do pay me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is essentially the red eye. It, it is the red eye episode. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are two aspects that I thought were interesting. Was uh, One thing is Spike says... Like he hates new Tijuana. It's like a it's like a trash heap. Uh-huh. And of course this is, this is I'm assuming this is like Tijuana on a terraformed Mars. Like how Oh yeah, Earth's nearly uninhabitable. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh when they actually show n- new Tijuana, it's like this just looks like an like a, an an okay to nice Mexican town. Like, yeah. there, there's nothing particularly shady. Oh, yeah, I, I it's like, you. It's like if you just, like, went across the border for, like, a day to have some fun. This looks like the type of place where... I get what you mean, where even a good show like Breaking Bad will do, like, Welcome to El Paso, Agent Schrader. Hope you survived the experience, Shadowcat. Like, mm. that kind of show. You, you kind of have a point, like, this just... Kind of looks like any place. Yeah, it's like oh they oh they there are some poor people there. Like, yeah, it's a city. Like we have, and if that bothers you. Don't go to San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my last point about this episode is, uh, well, first off, uh, Faye appears very briefly just to kind of not briefly enough, <laughs> just to kind of show you. Oh, she's gonna be in this. Like she, she just goes and leaves, and uh, you know, at the end, we find out that Spike Spiegel is actually Spike's alias. His his syndicate name is Fearless. Yeah, and is that meant to explain why Vicious is named Vicious? I think so. Like that. That was the reading I got on it. Like the mm-hmm. syndicate members of their ilk have these names, like Fearless yeah. and Vicious. Um, that do, that doesn't like make me mad. That doesn't hurt anything, but that's one of those things. Like uh, in in Solo, hey, I bet you're wondering how he got the name Han Solo, and any normal mm-hmm. person goes, no, I th- I just thought it was his name. Doesn't sound any stupider than Luke Skywalker and Jabba the Hutt and Grand Moff Tarkin and Darth yeah. Vader. But for some reason, they're like, no, Solo means something in a way that literally none of these other names do. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt when it was like, oh, well, we're going to explain why he's named Vicious. 
Figured it was his name. <laughs> also, he seems to have the disposition. Yeah. I mean, again, it's this is a show with uh, Whitney Haggis Matsumoto and Twinkle Maria Murdoch. I figured that they were just having fun, doing a fun thing. But uh, but by all means, explain how his name is actually Vincent, and they call him Vicious. Much better show. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, if you're going to get some money, do not go to New Tijuana. Go to New Texas, because let me tell you... The, no, car- the carrion rush is just, it's insane down there. I swear to God, when I saw Brave Star up until I was like 30, I thought that they were saying carrion. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird export. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So the, the rocks are made out of corpses? This seems like a terribly amoral way to do business. <laughs> I, I guess, Literal grave robbing. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the, the rocket horse is fine with this. <laughs> Uh, d- different cultures, I suppose. <laughs> the next episode we is uh, while chasing a bounty on a one-handed Venusian bomber, Jet and Spike grapple with the rising interpersonal tensions exacerbated by Spike's secret past. This is it's the Teddy Bomber episode. Yeah, it's, well, or it's, 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 it's supposed to be. By by the way, one of my favorite things about this show that they decided to ratchet up is bickering. Yeah. The character is sitting around and being bitchy as opposed to just like kind of living together and like getting off like a funny line mm-hmm. every second episode. Yeah. I please instead just make every episode consist of 20 minutes of them going like, you, you left that bounty back on Tijuana. He didn't have any legs. Well, you could have carried him. Yeah. And like that. that yeah. Just that. And like. Like Jet being like really mad when he learns about Spike's past, mm-hmm. which is totally what Bebop was about, right? People prying into each other's personal yeah. lives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The that had to be the show where it was just like, I don't give a shit what you did in your life. Just yeah, yeah. No, the the original Bebop is the most don't ask, don't tell ass yeah. show uh, ever. So God bless him for it, but. Yeah, this is, this is nothing. This episode's nothing. Yeah. Um, oh, it does introduce uh, Vincent. Uh, Vincent. Going my own joke. Uh, v- Vicious and Julia. Uh, do we want to talk about that? Because they're the most altered from the show. Yeah, because uh, Vicious in the Vicious in the cartoon for people who don't know is just he, he's purely. Ruthless, bloodthirsty, efficient. You know, there's a line, and you will shed tears of scarlet. He he's just like this angel of death. In this, he's, he's a dork. He's like a dork and kind of a like a cuck that's manipulated. And yeah, it, Julia seems to have much more agency over Vicious than Vicious does. Yeah. And then Julia herself, is, I don't know, I like, again, I skipped the rest and just like read the synopses. So maybe she becomes like a Lady Macbeth or like a girl boss at some point in, later in the series. I don't know. But that was one of those things uh, I thought it was fantastic. It was one of the preliminary reviews and they said uh, 
Not only is the new Netflix Cowboy Bebop great, but it actually improves on some of the mistakes of its predecessor. I remember you posted that with the uh, image of Hayao Miyazaki going, this is an abomination before life and God. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm like, if you want to do the new, if you want to do the new series and just have it be its own thing, that's fine. As soon as you talk about fixing what was wrong with the original with like this shit. <laughs> yeah. That, okay. Then you and I need to have a few choice voids. And that that's because most of the stuff is either a lateral move or just a really obvious boring choice. Like, Hey, you know, how, like Faye was kind of cool and complicated. Let's just have her like talk like star Lord. Mm-hmm. And you know, that like, that fucking sucks, but I get why they did it. This was uh, again, so clearly like, Adding pieces that did not need to be there. Okay. Vicious appears in... It's five episodes because of two parties. He appears yeah. in three stories. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the one, the two, the three. It builds throughout the series. Vicious does not need to be anything. Yeah. I don't need to know that his dad hit him. I don't need to know that his heart got broken. But, like, you, you do not need any backstory. Vicious is bad news. Yeah. He shows up and people die and he is so cold-blooded and unlikable, you don't even get why people follow him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he fights and gets killed and it doesn't matter because he's just like the biggest badass. You know? mm-hmm. Mr. Sword to a gunfight. Yeah. And then with Julia, I, I will admit like Julia is shortchanged by the old anime. Uh, she is not given an especially prominent place. That never bothered me that much. Like, I always got the impression that Julia just had a life that we weren't seeing. Yeah. Which, she... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, the the, the whole thing seemed to be like, there were these two kind of not really good guys that you were in love with, and you decided to choose neither and leave. Like, that was always how it... Yeah, no, that like I think that works, and that that's that's a real like cop out in, in some ways to just go like, oh no, there, there's a there's a wealth of backstory here that I'm not telling you, but I, I assure you, my character is well developed. You're just not seeing it. Mm-hmm. I get how you could ju- just like say the same thing to hand wave like shallow writing somewhere else. So why well, whatever? Maybe I'm a hypocrite if I call it out somewhere else. But yeah, I, like I never got the feeling that Julia was like. Thinly rendered, or not a person, or any, or, or not not a MacGuffin. Even mm-hmm. yeah. I just saw her as like there's like a 26 episode Julia Bebop series about her life, and we just weren't watching it. Yeah. We we're following these guys instead, mm-hmm. and that's that's the best you can do with a character. I think like you you feel like they're off doing something when you're not looking at them. Uh, so. The fact that she's a very limited presence in the anime never bothered me. It, it never, I never felt like, oh, it's because they, they didn't know how to write a strong female character. Like, well, the hell they didn't. Like, yeah. Faye, Faye's, like, very possibly the best thing about the show. Mm-hmm. Like, a strong case to be made. Faye is great. Ed is great in so much as that's, mm-hmm. like, identifiably female. Um I go with the, the maybe the non-binary readings these days, but yeah. whatever. And then even just incidental characters like fucking 
VT or whoever when they show up. Yeah. Like, maybe, okay, maybe it is like a dude show at the end of the day, but... Yeah, oh, no, it, it really doesn't know how... You know how the show was written, like, two-thirds of it was written by women? They mm-hmm. just didn't know how to write women. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it, it felt like a choice rather than a blind spot. And, uh, again, the changes it makes here where it's, it's like... We felt that Julia was sidelined in the original anime, so we gave her more to do in the new one. Namely, getting choked by her husband and then mascara crying. Yeah. So, oh, we felt that there just wasn't enough vicious, so we added more scenes of him just kind of coming off as an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, like, I'm I'm not precious about this stuff. You can change anything, but you have to change it for the better. Yeah. So, like, the gold standard, the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. The Heath Ledger Joker does not really look or feel or act like any version of the Joker you'd actually seen up to yeah. that point. But he's amazing. Yeah. And it's really fun. And you watch and you're like, okay, now that's like a new Joker. Mm-hmm. So, you've got Hamill Joker, you got this Joker. That's a new avenue you can do with this character. Mm-hmm. The problem is in something like Cowboy Bebop where it's like, we changed a bunch of stuff uniformly for the worse. Yeah. Like, like even when it doesn't, like, like suck so hard that, like, the paint comes off of your car, is there a difference in the show that you would prefer to the original? Yeah. And this, this next episode really kind of drives that home. <laughs> uh, the summary is... Jet needs cash to buy his daughter a birthday present. To get it, he and Spike track a potential bounty to a brothel, but Spike has his own agenda. And essentially what this... It's a weird one because they do set up this kind of needless storyline of Jet's family, Uh where he has a daughter that he's trying to impress, and he has an ex-wife who... Uh, married his partner on the force and it, it really does not give anything to the story it's no it's it's, it's a very odd choice to go with and it, it it's really not good it's a it, again it seems like a change for the sake of making a change yeah like hey like like we gave jet a daughter oh just does she do anything? Is she funny? Like, does it make him act any differently? It's like, no, no, it's just... Oh, it turns out, like, Spike had a cousin that he never talked about. Like, who... Yeah. Who cares? Like, it... Again, and the idea of giving uh, Jet a family... Good choice, because, again, like, the idea of uh, found families as a, as a artistic theme does not come up in the original Bebop. <laughs> I certainly never got the sense that these were for damaged people who were able to cobble together like a happy enough existence yeah. for a brief window of time. Uh, I, I really just thought of them as just, uh, nope, professional murderers who hang out. Yeah. That's how I choose to read it. Uh, some some things in this episode, uh, when they go, they have to visit several brothels to find out the information. And, they take uh, it back. Maybe I like this show. And... Uh, there, it's interesting because you realize uh, at this point in the series they're using a lot of Yoko Kano's music. Yeah. Which is 
which is actually neat. Like, uh, earlier in the season, we hear Ask DNA in this episode when they're going around the brothels. We hear the song Chicken Bone. Uh-huh. Oh, um, Chicken Bone. And there is an actual funny moment when they need to get information from a dominatrix, and uh, uh, Jet says, like, listen, lady, uh, miss, ma'am, and Spike says, mistress, it is mistress, I, I'm sorry, I, I have to, f- you'll have to forgive my missionary vanilla bean friend over here, he doesn't understand the proper terminology, and yeah. just, I don't know, just the idea of Spike being kind of a whoremonger in another life is kind of funny. Yeah, I which, also like which, the, which yeah. makes sense because we do know he is a pee pee piss piss boy. That's true, he is a pee pee piss piss boy. Yeah, I really like that. I also like the implication that the uh, tough as nails beat cop doesn't know how to talk to prostitutes. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that would totally make sense. Here's but, that. Here's that. Uh, uh, missionary vanilla bean is that something like, like that? Yeah. Well, that's the problem when you like. Pull the lines out of your ass. They don't sound any worse than, like, the rock, paper, scissors scene mm. from the actual show. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. The, the weird part is this episode is, in a, in, a, in a weird way, it's the Stray Dog Strut episode. Because it's our introduction to Ayn and it has Hakeem. And the thing is, uh, they really go in a different direction with Hakeem because, like, the whole thing is supposed to be, like, he's this little scrawny, doofy, blonde guy who gets futuristic surgery, so he's now Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from Game of Death. Like, that's that's the whole thing. In this, it's, it's like an implant he has on his hand that's like the, like the holographic generator that... Nightcrawler uses. Oh. So it's it's kind of a weird thing. They also give him like really odd self-esteem issues. Like at the end he's about to shoot himself in the head. Hmm. So it's uh, is he white in this, by the way? He is white and he yeah. holograms into Oh, is that's how they do it? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, in the cartoon that's one of like the weird fun things that you can just which is one of those things that like you could bang your head on the wall, like, arguing about forever, but in be- a bebop world, 2070, whatever, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can just change how you look. Yeah. People get, like, fat implants, you know. Yeah. Hakeem is, uh, a, like, a, a twank, basically, <laughs> who gets, uh, like, arm and leg extensions and skin dye, which, in real life, that raises some issues. He's just, like, Martina Big. <laughs> but, uh, but for the purposes of the show, you're like, oh, that's bananas. So it, they literally just wanted to do Game of Death and added the detail of, yeah. what if he started off as a, you know, a twin? Okay. As a, what if he started off as Mark Paul Gosselin <laughs> then turned into Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Okay, I've, I've got an idea for you. What if... Matthew Lillard transformed into Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's it's the sort of thing where in in real life that's you know raises some like really <laughs> questionable yeah. things. 
you're maybe not supposed to worry about it too much in a, in a show where like they rob a pet store and they're chasing around a dog that knows how to drive cars. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, I, I don't, I, maybe I'm copping out again because I'm like, the original Bebop is the best thing ever. And I'm also going, it's just a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. But no, legit, like, there's another version where they take it seriously as like a transhumanist cyberpunk, like, what is the nature of race and identity? Yeah. And then there's a version where they're running around the streets, like, chasing after each other. Like, yeah. Not every single story has to be about every single thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next episode is, when a group of eco-terrorists screw up uh, her attempted shakedown, Faye enlists Spike and Jet to help her bring them in for the bounty. This is the one where Faye appears more than she does in the first episode. We see more of her. Um, That's a shame. It, 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 and it's like, it's the episode with, from the original series, like the eco-terrorists. Really one of the best episodes, mm-hmm. by the way. Not long before this, I was listening to uh, the Acts of the Blood God podcast with uh, Henry Gilbert, guest starring from uh, Talking Simpsons, and they, it was like five hours long. It was like a three-parter. They count on all the episodes. Uh, they make a lot of really good points, which I'm not just going to parrot. Like, people... I, if, if anybody's listening to this and not that, go check it out. Um, but it, it made me think about, like, how would I rank my own b yeah. thing? Like, like, what would be my top five? Gateway Shuffle's up there. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of just, like, a clockwork, super fun... Uh, episode with just like it it, it it just like does not let up yeah it's it's one of the ones if you're ever gonna watch bebop just like start from the beginning yeah but if somebody said like okay show me one and see if you win me over that might be the one mm-hmm. yeah there are elements to this episode like one of the things the uh like the kind of uh biological weapon they have changes you into plant life and there is, like, a neat sequence at the beginning where uh, they set off this, like, it's a gas grenade. And when this woman inhales it, it's, like, a, a neat, like, body horror thing where she transforms slowly into a tree. And it actually looks neat. And mm-hmm. But, like, again, like, th- this is the episode that introduces Faye and... Well, establishes establishes Faye. Uh, what's your take? On oh, the is this where we're going to talk about Faye? Yeah. Uh, just terrible. Like, if we're going to talk about Faye, let's let's talk about the cast. We kind of already did mm-hmm. Julian Vicious. Ed is in this, but for like five seconds. Yeah. So, and but that's the thing. Like that 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 was the most notorious thing that was making the rounds on Twitter. Like the clip of Ed in the alley yeah and it's just so fucking obnoxious and terrible I mean, and it, who was it that said like well don't make it an Ahmed best situation it was uh, it was actually a guy like uh, Greg from the YouTube uh, channel Pop Arena okay like that's a fair point but but it's that thing of, of like okay I'm not blaming the little kid for the performance nobody made you do this 
No, okay, then I'm not mad at her, but the producers of the show, nobody made you, like, get a fisheye lens and go, like, bigger, bigger, yell more, bigger. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like, Jake Lloyd didn't deserve to have his life ruined by, like, the Phantom Menace. But I can still get mad at the Phantom Menace, right? Yeah. Like, it's, I don't want to sit there making, like, fat kid jokes about him. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck you, you little piece of shit. You ruined the movie. I'm like, no, I think it was a terrible movie that this unfortunate non-actor happened to fall into. Yeah. Um, so we'll put that aside. The main cast, then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Spike, John Cho, best thing about the show. Yeah. Like, least objectionable part of the show. Yeah. It is odd that John Cho is... Older, way than, older, older than the actor who plays Jet. Yeah, yeah, the guy uh, that plays Jet is forty-five. John Cho is forty-nine. He's that, forty. I thought he was in his fifties already. Like, not, not quite yet. Okay, well, by the time this comes out, like John Cho is fifty. Spike in the show is twenty-six, but that's like that's nonsense. It's yeah. like how like like in the show Jet is like, well, I'm just a world weary old man. There's no country for old men out there anymore. I'm 36, by the way, like officially, if you look at the guidebooks. And also bear in mind, in either version, Faye is kind of 90. Like, yeah. There's that. Point. So, like, age ain't nothing but a number, and John Cho is a good-looking 50. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going to split hairs about that. You, I've said before, my ideal casting for a live-action Spike would be Lakeith Stanfield. John Cho is fine. It's just like a John Cho vehicle. He's turns out John Cho is cool. Like if yeah. you didn't already like the fact that he was cool in Harold and Kumar. Mm-hmm. Guess what? He's cool here too. Yeah, he was cool in Selfie. Yeah, like turns out he's just a cool actor. <laughs> Nothing wrong with him. Uh, the guy who plays uh, uh, Jet, I I wasn't familiar with most of them by the way. I'm not making fun, but it's not like they're outside of John Cho. They're not yeah. like headliners. The, the dude that plays Jet, his the voice is spot on. That's what you, you would almost me. think it's John Billingsley. I did, and I didn't know if he was doing the voice or if they just found the guy. And it doesn't add anything. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't like fix the show or anything. But just listening to him doing like the bell peppers and beef. Yeah, <laughs> where well, we don't like. As I like, oh like, <laughs> well he's got that down. Yeah. Uh, arguably more important than him being like a black or ashy white guy or like whatever <laughs> Jets, like the thing that everyone focused on. Yeah. Like, well, he sounds exactly the fuck like him. So if you're worried about fidelity, maybe I prefer that rather than having you know, like, whatever, some guy who looks exactly like the cartoon Jet comes out and he goes, now for something you'll really enjoy. <laughs> uh, and then... <laughs> Uh, sadly, uh, Faye. Let's talk about Faye. It played by, uh, I looked it up, it's Daniela Pineda. Um, mm-hmm. have not seen her in anything else. You, you have, but I don't think you noticed. She's the woman in, because we watch Rift Tracks, the woman from Jurassic, Jurassic Kingdom 2, who has to patch up the dying dinosaur. Literally do not remember. The, yeah. The, Jits, the, I'm, I'm sorry, man. You could tell me that I was in, like, Jurassic World 2, and I'd go, like, m- might have been. No way of checking. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pixar didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, Pixar, yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Like, I, I, I am taking it on faith that Chris Pratt was in that movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to check. <laughs> the dude from Detective Pikachu who wasn't, who wasn't Pikachu yeah. is the nerd in that movie. No, those, those are my favorite movies, like that or the Transformers, where with the riff tracks, they're fucking agony. Yeah. So I just imagine, like, wow, picture yourself paying, like, 20 bucks and then sitting in a dark room and just, like, letting this play out. <laughs> Movies that are, in every way, shape, and form, disgusting. Well, <laughs> like, like it, you watch these movies and it's like... Oh, I just... I, that's it, a discussion for another day. Yeah. But, but, oh, God, they, they suck so much. It's one of those things where, like, as much as I make fun of Marvel, I watch, like, Jurassic World and go, oh, this is why people like Ant-Man. Because this yeah. is the alternative. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, Bart running back and forth on the boat. So it's like sharks, alligators, sharks. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't go outside. Um, okay, okay. Huge tangent. Back on it. Um, yeah, so she unfortunately, she got most of the shit before the show came out, which she did not deserve because yeah. they just put her in like a kind of okay. It looks like kind of flat and ugly, like the new costume. Guess what? So does the rest of the show. Yeah, she doesn't look worse than like, you know, Jet or uh, Spike or Vicious yeah. or anyone. Guess what? Your costumes from an anime may look kind of weird in live action. Yeah, so she was the one getting like the most shed because big surprise, you know, she's the woman in the cast. So I'd I'd be quick to defend her on those charges. Uh, I think she kind of sucks, and I hate to say that. My my most charitable possible reading is that she's fine mm-hmm. and they gave her the absolute worst part of the show where, like, if John Cho had to deliver phase lines, he would be the worst part of the show. I, th- I think that is probably what is happening. Yeah, that's me being, like, nightly chivalrous with my reading yeah. of, this, of the show. It's possible that she kind of sucks. Like, I, I can't tell. Yeah, it, it could be like you got a perfectly fine actor and said, hey, be girl poochie. Can you do that? Yeah, you know, it's it's like if you asked me to, like, rate the performances in the movie The Apple. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some of these people have been in good films. It, it, I'm not going to get anything from seeing them in this, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, but anyways, yeah, she got a lot of shit before it came out. And then she did the uh, Twitter video, which... It's basically the only thing anybody liked about the new Cowboy Bebop was, like, uh, Faye clap back against the haters. Yeah, it's funny because she did that, and Mason Alexander Park, who plays Gren in this, did something similar, and I thought the two of them, like, doing the clapbacks, that was cool. Because, like, if you're going to be, like, a shitbag to someone for something that you haven't even watched yet... Yeah, the person in that gets to make fun of Yeah, and so it was, like, super cool. I was, like, her in a bathroom, like, making fun of, like, dorks. Mm-hmm. And people posted that, and I had the same reaction where it's like, oh, it's like it's like Faye being mean. And, like, yeah. seeing her in that, I'm like, no, she's acting like Faye. Like, this, this yeah. subtly makes me think that she would be really good casting. None of that carries over to the, like, God, it, it, if she just acted like that on the show, Mm-hmm. 
that would be a blast. But <laughs> yeah. she doesn't. She she just shows up. She has like her like dumb coat, like her Pixar mom hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they give, there's no point even like making fun of it or doing the impression of it, but the worst fucking dialogue. Like, the show already has too much of that. And already, like, even like, you know, Spike going, like, what the actual fuck? Mm-hmm. All the characters talk like that. But for some reason, like, when they were writing phase lines, somebody like yawned and like their arm reached out too far and like pushed the lever. That turned the shitometer from like a three <laughs> to a nine. Because it's the other characters, they'll talk like that every now and again. You'll go, ah, oh, don't do that. Faye, it's just that. Mm. Every line of dialogue is the like, what, like, what's up, numb nuts? Uh, shart, sorry, shit swizzle. I'm hey, like, nut buckets. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like so one note, so obnoxious, like the, the worst style of writing. And people go, oh, well, you, th- you thought it was funny when Deadpool did it. I'm like, no, <laughs> no not really. <laughs> like, kind of no, actually. Um, no, so you just have, like, this weird kind of obnoxious lady who talks like David Simon's Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. It, like, it, extremely unappealing. And again, like, so much of that is un- unactable. Like, no way yeah. to read those lines without being an asshole. So it's it's like, oh, like is John Boyega a good actor or a bad actor? I don't know. I haven't seen him act. I've only seen him in Star Wars. Yeah. Put him in a movie and I'll, you know, I'll offer like a value yeah. judgment. Um, so I, I want to be nice, but legit, there's some stuff with the delivery I don't even like. Mm-hmm. Where, where it's just very like, ah, guys, we don't get the bounty if he doesn't have his head. Yeah. But like, it's very like... The way kids, but especially young women, like mm-hmm. middle school style acting. Yeah. The Tobias Funky method. Like, I'm the last guy that you want to mess with. Mm-hmm. Like, she's doing that in a couple points. Like, kind I, of, yeah. I've seen like like teenagers do like the listen, buster, like style of acting. Yeah. I'm getting that vibe from a lot of the performance, and it's only me trying to be even-handed where I go, no, no, I'm sure she's perfectly fine. Like, it's just the performance. Which, by the way, that's what I did. You mentioned Preacher. Mm-hmm. That's That was my reaction to Tulip. Yeah. Don't care that you cast a black actress. Don't care that, like, you went in another direction with it. I've, I've been told that Ruth Nega is amazing. So she's, like, playing Hamlet right now on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, nominated for an Academy Award. I bet she's a fine actress. The only thing I've actually seen her in is the stupid AMC series where she goes, Golly, Jesse, I'm going to get myself a bazooka. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, no, it turns out, like, having a black lady talk like Mater from Cars 3. Mm-hmm. Not the first two, just the third. <laughs> yeah, uh, turns out that uh, it doesn't really show off her skills. Let's <laughs> so yeah, that in a, an extremely large nutshell is my reaction to Faye and the rest of the characters. In the the last performance I want to talk about. Before Ina's we fine. Move on. Yeah, Ina's fine. The last performance I want to talk about before we move on is a more complicated one. Is uh, as I said before. Uh, 
the non-binary actor Mason Alexander Park as Gren. Uh-huh. And, you know, Gren is a character where in the, uh, in the original series, like, it, it was made in, like, the late 90s, so there wasn't a big grasp on the intricacies of trans culture. Mm. And, you know, some people have said, oh, Gren's not technically trans. Gren, it, like, there's... There's been a debate about that. Yeah, not not to like die on a hill or anything, but I I don't think Gren is trans. But like it, it seems to uh, whatever carry on. Like I have my own reading on the character, but I'm interrupting it. Go ahead. Well, well, there is that the fact that in the cartoon Gren identifies as a man. Yeah. Th- okay. Then j- just to like footnote that real quick. Uh, my reading on Gran from the show is that it is a gay man mm-hmm. who then gets uh, like the drug treatments mm-hmm. uh, against his will, basically. Yeah, and feminizes him physically. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no suggestion for me, like, and I I get that, like, I'm not the authority on this, but my understanding is that. Uh, most of what has to do with trans has to do with identity. Yeah. It is something that is you choose as opposed to what is chosen for. Or is biologically in you, but it comes yeah. from you is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it is not something that is declared by someone else. That's why I don't think of Gran as a trans character as, like, you, you would define the word these days. Mm-hmm. Because at no point does he apply that to himself. Um... And the reading of him as gay is not even, like, officially stated in the mm-hmm. show. I just get that feeling. Like, yeah. the relationship between he and Vicious seems like... Vicious feels contempt for him because Vicious feels mm-hmm. contempt for everybody. Yeah. There's, like, a love-hate thing going on in Gren's direction. Yeah. And the truth is, much like how you're not maybe supposed to worry too much about, like, the racial ramifications of a character like Akeem... I don't know that you are meant to read as deeply into Gren's representation in the cartoon as a lot of people do. Inevitably, people are going to. And it's going to lead to some problems, where even if you say, okay, it's like a, it's a straight guy who has breasts, mm-hmm. just because like a medical thing. Yeah. You could still kind of analyze that. Well, okay, does that, does that feminize him? And is that treated as like a negative quality mm-hmm. with the character? And that's like a whole other thing. Like, are feminine qualities weak and masculine qualities are redemptive? And like, that's mm-hmm. a whole other discussion. Yeah. Um, also, the fact that Gren dies. Yeah. Which, if you go with the trans reading, fucking sucks. Cause yeah. It's one of those things. It's, it's like the, the character in Sandman where you're like, it's really cool that we had any trans character whatsoever. Yeah. Any representation whatsoever. And she's actually, like, really cool and, like, easily your favorite person in the book. Mm-hmm. And then she does die protecting other people. Yeah. So it's always, like, that kind of rent ending sort mm-hmm. of deal. Um, for all that, though, like, and I, I've seen a lot of people, like, ding the show and, like, oh, in retrospect, like, that really knocks that episode down a couple notches for me. And I'm like, that's a whole thing to get into. Putting that aside, the actual character of Gren, yeah, the personality as uh, 
divorced from like all this kind of baggage we're putting on it. I think Gren is a terrific character. Yeah. Gren is easily one of my favorite people on the show. Just super cool. Mm. <laughs> uh, has this like fascinating backstory. And yeah, it, it's, it's like, oh, it's like sacrificial trans or gay character or whatever. That kind of, it kind of sucks mm-hmm. that's a trope. At the same time, it's sort of beautiful. Like, yeah, Gren dies. You get like the precursor of what happens to Spike eventually. Debatably the best song on the show plays. Which one was Space it? Lion. Yeah. Um, and Gren's story is... Uh, like, it ends uh, tragic. To me, Gren is, like, a much more tragic character than Spike, for instance. Yes. Um, and so, it's unfortunate, I think, that it, it... Maybe the show is in the wrong or in the right or would handle it differently these days, but the character is so much more than whatever they rightly or wrongly opted to do with the representation mm-hmm. and the fact that it's been reduced entirely down to that yeah seems a little unfortunate to me yeah so sorry to go off at great length but that's that seems to be like the only thing people talk about about that character anymore the way i thought of it and i realized this only like a day ago is you know, i i am a a trans person and that's why I wanted to talk yeah. all over you for 15 minutes yeah to get your perspective yeah, yeah. but like <laughs> I am trans <laughs> and I think it's super cool that like people who fit under the trans umbrella are getting any acting jobs like that's fucking awesome I am super proud of uh Park her landing this role uh I've seen their, I've seen clips of their work on Broadway. Uh, like on Broadway, they're amazing, like amazing singing voice, amazing speaking voice, uh, like a lot of life to the performance. With how they have them play Grin, it's essentially, it, and I realize this, with a lot of, Trans actors, they say, like, there are not a lot of great great trans characters. And I say, I thought, there are a lot of trans characters. There are not a lot of trans people in movies. Because there are so many, like, archetypes that trans characters have been put into. Mm -hmm. And with this one, Grin is... The show is not meant to be technically trans, it's just non-binary, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we we see Grin in a tuxedo at one point. We see them in a cocktail dress at one point. The show really shows its hand in a flashback episode when, uh, you know, Grin is working at Anna's bar, and so is Julia. And Julia, like, has to come out and sing... And, you know, Gren comes out and MCs the thing, and Gren just says, you know, uh, hello everyone, uh, shonens and shojins, and all you wonderful real folks in between, uh, dankushan and velkimen for coming here. And it's like, you're just, 
you're this is just the MC from Cabaret. Yeah. That's the character you're going for. And I don't know why you're choosing that for this character. Yeah, which again, like basing characters on other characters totally fine. Like that's mm-hmm. that's like the bread and butter of the real cowboy people. Yeah. Um most but I, anime, actually. Yeah, fa- fair enough, actually. But uh, so yeah, it's not like having a character that's based on the MC just makes you like, oh, cool, like it's a cool character from a cool movie, yeah, whatever. Um, and it, it, for me, it's not like, oh, they like they ruined Gran, man. Like, and mm-hmm. there's like half the characters from the show aren't even in this show. Oh no, they didn't do justice to the character in the show that I don't care for. Yeah, like. But but that was what struck me. It wasn't that it was a bad performance, and I yeah I wish uh, I wish that actor well. Like give them something better to do. I guess is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. Because when they when they appear in the episode I saw, it's like no, I'm I'm not bothered that it's like looks like mostly male, but dresses mostly female. This is giving me weird feelings. I don't, I don't care for it. it. None of that goes through my head. I'm just like. This is boring. Yeah. Again, like, I'm sorry, the character in the original show is, like, this tragic, like, veteran who has a backstory with Vicious. And the one in the new new series is a doorman. Yeah. And, like, that that's... It's like I say, like, change whatever you want, but, like, change it for the better or change it for the as good as. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why this felt kind of shitty, because it's like, yes, like, we... we non-binary character and uh, I'm sorry is the performer yes. uh, trans or non-binary non-binary okay. but that fits under the umbrella of trans okay okay well in, in any case it's like we have like non-binary actor playing a non-binary character and that's cool and you know more, more of that like mm-hmm. plenty to go around C- can they do something yeah like, like we'll, we'll keep doing this and then one day they'll also get to be cool yeah <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> Because in the meantime, just having... It's like, good news, we, we put more gay people in movies. Like, okay, are they are they going to be hairdressers? Or do they get to do shit? Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be mean, but I feel like with a lot of stuff, it's like... I put a trans character in my show, but I'm not actually a good enough writer to think of anything to do with them except have them be kind of catty. Yeah. And do like an epic donk that can pop up on Twitter in a week. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know... You, watch like an actual good movie like Tangerine or something yeah. they, it's like oh wow they like, like personality conflict oh wow. yeah and uh, before moving on to the next episode I do want to say one thing that uh, I realized today um, congratulations to Mason Alexander Park for being the first actual trans person to play Hedvig oh were they yeah, that's pretty cool. Because the character was started by John Cameron Mitchell, who was a cisgender gay guy, and then was popularized by uh, Doogie Hauser. What's his name? Oh, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris, a cisgender gay guy, and both of those dudes rock the house. But it is cool to finally have. Yeah, and that's uh, that gets into like a whole. Weird thing, I mean, we could just do like a Hedwig episode, but there's this movie that's like funny and like the music's great, and uh, 
that space you just said his name John Cameron Mitchell John Cameron Mitchell yeah like like great central performance and it's it does show how like the goalposts move good I'm mm-hmm. not, not complaining about that but like when Hedwig came out it was just like the queerest goddamn thing imagine yeah like how this even get made oh my god this is crazy and then you jump ahead 20 years and you're like oh like it I don't know like it uh it, it, like, gets into some stuff that it doesn't quite address properly. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I love Hedwig. I don't think people need to... It's like the patent joke. Like, don't shit on RuPaul for, like, using the wrong language. Like, RuPaul, like... <laughs> you, you know, RuPaul was on the front lines. Yeah. But so you guys were in, in diapers. But I, I do have some sympathy for that. But it just is interesting how mm-hmm. that changes over time. And you could get into Hedwig as, like, a a whole-ass thing where, like, if biologically it's botched surgery. It's yeah. like a whole... Like, I'm not going to take it more seriously than the movie does, but... Yeah, that's why, like, every single time we get into this, we have to, like, pause and have a, like, a discussion with it because you want to be respectful and, like, you want to be supportive and at the same time, it's like... Well, like, you know, half the time we're talking about, like, X matter something yeah. so you, you can't move on eventually. As a as a as a story with almost no human characters, we find it very important <laughs> that we like less to portray the truth. Um, I'm not not saying we have to wrap it up right this minute, but as far as like these recap apps, we're less than halfway through and we're already over an hour. Like, do we want to? kind of mainline the last couple ones yes let's mainline them uh jet reunites with his ex-partner to track down a recently released criminal while he's away spike and Faye try to pick up a quick job this is it's you know the classic uh jet is you know the good old-fashioned gumshoe uh Uh, the thing with spike and Faye is that they they watch big shots you know the show with punch and judy yeah and the references are interesting because they have, like, the different names of the bounties and different names of the bounty hunters. And it's characters from the show. Like, well, they, they, they mentioned Cowboy Andy. I think, but that's the equivalent of, like, Mystique checking the mutant database. It's like, Remy LeBeau, a Kurt Lycos. See what we did there? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm, I'm not complaining, but we've talked about that before. Like, guys... I reused a name instead of making up a name. Just Venmo me my reward. <laughs> yeah. The next episode, when the Bebop needs repairs, Jets and Spike to chase down a tip on a phantom bounty to cover the cost, leaving Faye to supervise the mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the this is uh, the one where uh, basically uh, Spike has to deal with the cult leader. Which is actually the computer. Yeah. Um, Voiced by Memo. Yeah. Uh, and there, there are some interesting kind of uh, almost Nolan-y type things where it's like, wait, I just went out that door and I just came in here. But it, it, it like kind of fizzles out quickly. Uh, the big thing people talked about this one is uh, Faye and the female mechanic... Uh, Having sex, and that is like, and I'm not being crass. That is a lot of the episode. Just them, like they had sex in the engine room, and 
it's pillow talk. Like, a lot of the episodes is pillow talk. And the thing that... It's an interesting moment, and even, like, kind of a touching moment when she says, like, you know, I can't remember if I was ever in love or not. It's, me- it's kind of messed up because... The way that the the two actresses have the blanket covering them... Yeah. Because, like, understandably, like, you don't want to show, you know, different parts of yourself. But the blankets are situated in such a bizarre manner, covering their modesty, that it's like... How how did did the blanket get like that? Far be it from me to say anything nice about the new Cowboy Bebop, but, I mean... That's as old as the hills. It's like when people talk about the L-shaped blankets in uh, you mm. know, hetero movies. Where yeah. it's like, funny how it reaches up to the guy's waist and the woman's uh, shoulders. Mm. Glad we bought that. Came in handy eventually. <laughs> yeah. In the next episode, a con woman from Faye's past reappears, offering Faye's real identity in exchange for passage to Santa City in a hurry. Julia Santa considered- City? His palace on the moon? Yeah. Oh, wow. Where? Oh, no, the moon blew up because of the gate accident. Santa, no. Where there lives a wonderful man. My dad. <laughs> uh, there is so little to this episode. Uh, it's like, like Faye's past gets destroyed. Like the the drive that has her stuff on it gets destroyed. Uh, I This might be the episode where she finds the VHS tape. Okay. Like, I, th- I think that's this episode. But again, there's not much to it. Which, uh, b- by the way, uh, the episodes try to mimic the naming conventions of the uh, original Bebop. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a couple of them hit the year just fine. Uh, Callisto Soul. Yeah. Dark Side Tango. Binary Two-Step. Uh, Galileo Hustle. Like... I don't know what any of those are about, but that, that sounds like in keeping with yeah. the vibe of the earlier show. I gotta say, episode eight, Sad Clown A Go Go. Mm-hmm. Which is the one we're. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure that that quite has the same ring to it as like a, you know, a Gateway Shuffle or a Jupiter Jazz. Sad Clown A Go Go sounds like you took the original title of Pierrot the Fou and mm-hmm. then like. Translated it back and forth. <laughs> yeah, it's like this. Is, yeah, this is like if you bought the uh, knockoff Piero action figure on Alibaba, yeah. the the packaging would say "Sad Clown and Go Go." Yeah, this is of course uh, from the awesome episode Piero Le Fou. Uh, Vicious liberates a terrifying assassin and contracts him to kill Spike Spiegel. Later, he puts his plan for the elders into motion. Uh, several things. And my favorite character, Tong Pu, the Mad Paro. Is he uh, your favorite in the whole series? I honestly think so. Like, he just... There's just something about him. It's a great... Bebop, because, you know, it's a, up to a point, it's a Villain of the Week series. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they're fun, like Andy, and sometimes they're sympathetic, like the satellite. Mm-hmm. Uh when Bebop goes for, like, truly evil characters, mm-hmm. like uh, Udai and Tongpo, and honestly, uh, Twinkle Maria Murdoch, like, as, as goofy as she is, yeah, monster, yeah. like, purely evil character. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So they they have a good hand on villains, and I think I would not say like I like Piero better than Spike, for instance. Mm-hmm. But as villains of the week go, like oh, it's just uh, incredible. Like, yes, yeah. a super fun idea. There, but there are weird angles they take to this episode because, for one thing, the guy playing Tong Pu, uh, he, I believe he's a French actor. Like they play up the the French actor. Oh, uh, ho ho, <laughs> sad clown. Oh, that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. There's the fact that he's a rather svelte man, that, which is odd, and uh, it's revealed that uh, the force field. The flight and like the super strength are all because of boots and gauntlets that he wears. So there really is the ah. aspect of like, okay, what what is, like taking away his shit? What makes this guy dang, like the most dangerous guy? That's just yeah. That's always one of those. It's it's like a hobgoblin, green goblin thing. Like if someone else found your shit, would they be more dangerous than you? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, I guess it's a fair criticism. I like big surprise. I, I like the original better. Yeah, there's a uh, there's stuff like first off when they uh, oddly enough they switch his hatred from cats to dogs, which zero sense there. I think just because yeah. they could use Ein. I think I yeah I think so. Yeah. Um, and the meeting between. Spike and Tong Poo is very similar. It's, you know, uh, he sees them. It's like, hello, boy. And they have the fight. They even do the shadow kick. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, but it's the French actor, so he goes, bonjour, garçon, and then he kicks him. Right? Yeah. And then he beats up a police officer. <laughs> and it seems like I'm making fun of the French, but please understand, one of the few countries I genuinely like. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's a, that's a shitty way to put that. I like all countries. I'm like John Steinbeck. I like all countries. I just don't like all governments. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's you know they it, in the original in the original one it's you know Spike says like I I have to do this like I can't get you guys involved in this you'll get killed. Uh, they kind of force their way into it, but Spike does do it alone. Uh, he almost immediately realizes the technology Tong Pu is using, uh-huh. which is like he and he doesn't he has no idea about it in the original one. Like, and and uh, like the theory that people had about the force field is correct. It's it's the Dune force field, the slow knife penetrates the slow knife. Pen- yeah, well, and, I mean that was my reading on the show that like the thrown knife breaks through because mm-hmm. it's. I mean, Piero, like, pretty much mops the floor with them, but, like, Spike can yeah. actually land blows and things. Yeah. It's just that you can't shoot Piero. Yeah. And uh, when they have... When uh, Tong Pu is in Funland, like, the theme park, uh, he He's ha- having fun in Balloon. <laughs> well, who's this big customer? Those are some fancy gravity boots. Good golly, Miss Molly. I'd like a pair of those. And here comes Vicious, the burying rooster. <laughs> the thing is, he hasn't worn the costume yet. So he finds the Wait, costume. what? He, no, he finds the costume on a dummy at the... Uh, you mean Vicious? At the, fun, <laughs> at the fun land. 
And it's the, a really weird sequence where he's talking to the dummy and says the Roy Batty speech in French. Piero like, does this or Spike does this? Piero does this. And like he... Oh, okay. When, when Spike gets to him, he's, you know, dressed as Piero. And the, the Blade Runner thing comes up again because, you know, Jed is getting closer and closer to finding out that Spike was in the syndicate and he says, you know, I know what you did before. He's like... What you did last summer. He's like... And Spike's like, oh, God. And Jed says, you were a soldier in the Martian Wars. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't talk about that. Where were you stationed? Uh, the Tannheiser Gates? The uh, Orion? It's like... Come on, what do we... Well, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but again, it's... It's the difference between, like, a cool thing, having a cool reference, which is what you get if you want to, like, Cowboy Bebop and the Venture Brothers, and a shitty thing, having a reference that makes you go, oh, I got it. Yeah. There's... And also, lastly, we never really get into... Uh, his like they never explain his past so when he gets the knife in the leg and starts crying and says mommy it hurts it's like why is he saying that well again this gets back to my original take on bebop which is that it's guaranteed to confuse newcomers and infuriate fans yeah and the way that spike kills him is he damages his anti-gravity boots so they send him upwards higher and higher and higher it's basically how Moriarty died. I was gonna say with the cab right. Yeah, with the yeah. cab right. And uh, yeah, we have we have. That's kind of cool, actually. It I, is. You know, there's if you, if you can't afford like a giant goofy to step on him. Mm-hmm. There's the next episode. Years earlier, Spike and Vicious meet Julia at Anna's club, but romantic entanglements and Vicious's ambitions soon cause trouble for all of them. That's a mouthful. Vicious is a vicious. Yeah, there is the, this episode. Like, Vicious just gets doofier throughout this whole thing. Um, we get a weird moment at the beginning where Spike and Vicious discuss mans, manscaping and how Vicious manscapes. This sounds like exactly the sort of hilarious dialogue I'd expect from Cowboy Bebop, the Triple X parody. Yeah, and... Uh, we we get into the three heads of this. There's you know the the syndicate, the three heads, and they're the two people that Vicious wants to team up with. There's uh, Mao, who's this uh, old Chinese woman, and this uh, I, I don't know if he's like Afro Latino, but he's like a gangster called the Eunuch. Oh, and interesting. I guess it's a new thing. They, uh, there's the build-up, like, you talking about the eunuch, it's like, it's like, you don't know why they call him the eunuch. It's not because he has no balls, it's because he takes balls. And, like, that's his thing, like, uh-huh. he, he, whenever he defeats someone or whatever, he slices off their testicles and eventually he eats them, like, that's uh-huh. like a gourmet dinner. And... There is, like, eventually when we do have, like, the thing of, like, Vicious teams up with the eunuch and Mao to take down the 
elders, and they double-cross him. They double-cross, the eunuch and Mao double-cross Vicious, but he triple-crosses them. It leads to a legit awesome fight scene that... Like, it, I will be... say the show had, like, the... Even just, like, the fucking bathroom fight in the second oh, yeah. episode. I don't know what that was about, but, like, cool, you hired an action choreographer. Yeah. Like, I should bloody well hope so. But, yeah, we get a blood-soaked Vicious coming home to Julia. Uh, kind of, he's got his Irish up and he's kind of throwing her around. The next episode, Fang and Jet track Spike to Ants Club, only to learn that Vicious has kidnapped Jet's daughter. So he can trade oh, Spike's Christ. life. This is the ending episode, and this is a weird one because we have Jet learning about Spike. We have uh, we have <laughs> like when they meet up, Faye and Gren like super perving on each other. Um, okay. We have, and again, it's it's like the episode. That's supposed to lead into if they ever make season two, season two. So like, oh. it ends with like, Faye's got the uh, VHS tape and she's going to find who she really is. Uh, you know, Jet's daughter is okay at the end, but you know his his uh, ex wife and her husband now loathe him. They don't want him anywhere near her. And Spike is beaten to bits, and uh, it's like, you know, Spike, if I ever see you again, I will kill you. And Spike goes, I understand that. And the fights, cool. the fight scene is, it's the, the cathedral fight scene. Like, Ballad of Fallen Angels. Yeah, Ballad of Fallen Angels. We even, we even hear uh, the uh, male version of the song Rain. Yeah. Which is neat. Uh and we have the scene of like them fighting with, you know, sword and gun, and Spike falls out the plate glass window, and they they play the one song I can never remember what it is. The yeah, I forget if that's Green Parrot or something. It has like a weird title, but yeah, yeah, the the I know which one you mean. So it's a very lovely yeah. song. So basically, it's. What happens at the end, essentially, Julia becomes the head of the syndicate. Name! And it's, it is, it is such a curveball. And, like, she has fishes tied up, and it's, it's so weird. And, you know, uh, Spike is wandering around drunk, and he falls down drunk in an alley. And that's when we see Edward wake him up. And that's basically how we end. Just and it leads into they, she mentions uh, Vincent's. Yeah, the butterfly man. Yeah, great. Um, I don't know. Did you you watch the boys? Right. Yeah, I'm watching the boys. Have you finished? How deep are you into it? I'm. I think I'm up to where I like where it left off. So you've seen both seasons. Yeah. Okay. Well. Spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen The Boys yet, but uh, not going to get into all thing with The Boys. Like I think it's really good, and then there's other ways where I think people maybe need to like settle down. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, wow, they took that dog shit comic and then turned it into this yeah. brilliant TV series. I'm like, 
No, it's kind of like a one to one. Yeah, like it, it, it's just like Anthony Starr is really, really, really fucking good in it. Yeah. So like, I, I think people. I don't think the comics as bad as people make out, or that the show's as good as it makes out. But I, I think about that in terms of like changing material. The big thing in the boys' comic is that uh, Butcher's wife. Rather lovely character, but she gets fringed. Like she's killed yeah. so that he can seek revenge. Yeah, you know it's it works in context, but yeah, not like the first time it's ever been done. And so in the boys' TV show, she's not dead. It turns out at the end of the first season, she's still alive, and he like he meets her, and like he's he was wrong this whole time. And that was meant to be a curveball for like comic fans who thought they knew what was going on. And not only that, she had a kid. With Homelander, yeah, and and so you're you're gonna be like, wow, like didn't see that coming. And then you watch the second season, and it's so clear the writers are like, oh, um, I don't know what to do with her. Like, yeah, I like I didn't really have any. We we were gonna do like the switcheroo. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have anything planned. So guess what? They they kill her at the end of the season. Yeah. So you're like, oh, so it wasn't so much a switcheroo. It was just like a stuck in traffic. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing happens with, uh, they cast, uh, Elizabeth Shue as, like, the, the Vought agent, like, mm-hmm. Stillwell. Yeah. She's, she's great. Oh, yeah. Season. I so love her. Amazing. But the whole point is that it's like, hey, well, it's, she's like this little, he, he's a little twerp, this, like, little, uh, pencil pusher, like, you know, sociopath guy in the comic. What if we made it to, like, a clever MILF on the show? Yeah. It's like, wow, they really went in a different direction with that character. And then she gets killed. Yeah, he and, yeah. burns through her skull with his laser eyes. And so in the second season, they end up having Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Love yeah. that guy. But he plays like the, you know, like I'm buttoned down, like, you know, the head of Raytheon. Like, I'm just going to speak softly and then like mm-hmm. launch a nuclear war. Yeah, that kind of thing. It's it's he's a terrific actor. It's a fine character, but it's just the guy from the book again. Yeah, it's just like an older. You know, sorry to say that, like an older, blacker version of uh, yeah the one from the book. It's not a bad change, but when you keep doing like the bet you didn't see that coming. That's right, we zigged instead of zagging, mm-hmm. and then you just land in the same place of like oh. Uh, fuck, we still need to, like, get from point A to point B, though. So yeah. We're going to go ahead and kill that character after all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I, I feel like if the boys knows what's good for it, it's going to keep the the third act from the book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I so hope yeah. they keep... Uh, we, we, I, I won't, won't spoil sp- that part. Yeah, we won't yeah. spoil this, but Black Noir's identity is... Priceless. You, you and... spoiled it a little bit. So, uh, whatever. Um, no, but but like, I would guess that that's what they're building to, and if so, then this is all just kind of spinning wheels until you get back to the point where you needed to. Mm-hmm. And so, sorry to like go off on a long tangent, uncharacteristically. Yeah. yeah, but that's what I think with, with like Julia being the head of the syndicate. I'm like, oh, cool. I bet that lasts. Yeah. I bet that she's the main villain in season two. I bet that it doesn't, like, dick around for a couple episodes and then, like, Vincent becomes the leader again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And that's not to sound cynical, just like making a jack off motion and, and like plot twists. Mm-hmm. I like I get it. I guess it's like Game of Thrones is like, I'm out of power. Oh wait, now I'm back again. Yeah. Seriously, she's been humbled. Oh no, she's back. <laughs> yeah. Like there's there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but I, I feel like when you're doing like the uh uh approach mm-hmm. to writing, and you have to sort of sheepishly hit the reset button. Maybe don't like spend so much time patting yourself on the back to start with. Uh, but that's Bebop briefly. Um, I don't know. I got a couple things to say more about like the response to this than the show itself because there's, there's very little meat on the bone. With yeah. The show. Uh, did you want to add anything to it? Because um, I might be mouthing off for a minute. Not in particular. You, you go ahead. Mm. All right, all right. Put put the time on the clock. It's time for my new rules. Oh yeah, yeah. You ready? Mm-hmm. Oh boy, let me spend seven minutes telling you how edgy I'm gonna be, and then run out of time to actually make my point. Yeah. And then not be edgy. Yeah, and then not be edgy. So I was just doing my impression of every comedian for the last thirty years. Um, no, so the new Bebop show, like big surprise, it's not very good. As I said up front. It's not so much the... It, like, it, it sucks, but it just sucks. Yeah. It merely sucks. Yeah. And it sucks in all the ways that... Uh, that you would expect it to. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a couple people who's like, Oh, I didn't see the original, and I watched this, and it was fun. Like, well, I, I can't speak to that. That's me with Game of Thrones. I get... There's entirely possible that if I had read the books... And then watch the show, then I would be like all torches and pitchforks over what they did with it. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I just watched the show and it was like super fun. I think that's one of the reasons I didn't lose my mind at the ending. Like, wow, what, what a fun ending to a fun show. Yeah. A- anyway, moving on with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with Bebop, I I don't know, I like I can't not be precious about it because it's fucking good. Like I, I'm sorry, it's it's good. I'm always down for an underdog opinion or like a like a kind of countercultural take on something. Yeah. But there is a point where you're just like, oh, did you know that Carlito's way is better than the Godfather? And you're like, it's not. It's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> like and I don't know. It's a dope ass movie, yeah, but so, it's not better. Like I, I'm, I'm so, like I'm happy to discuss Bebop, but if your take on it is like, oh, it's it's actually overrated and it's not as good as everyone says it is, I'm like, well, it is actually like it's it's just like fucking stupidly good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it's a favorite for a lot of people, especially uh, Americans. Yeah. And I think Bebop is a favorite among people who are not anime fanatics. Yeah. So it's a good entry. Yeah. Anime. And it's like how back in the nineties, like one of the big successes from like the, the VHS era was like uh Ron the One Half. Mm-hmm. And Ron was a lot of fun, by the way, but like that that's like nothing in Japan. Like yeah. it's if you talk to, like, a Japanese person, uh, well, not all of them, but yeah. general f- Japanese fandom, no, like, Urusei Yatsura is considered to be, like, kind of Rumiko Takahashi's, like, comedic masterwork. Yeah. And Ron was considered to be pretty weak, too. 
It's the same way that in Japan, Ninja Scroll was just a movie. It was no, it was it was like nothing. Like nobody gave a shit about it over there. Yeah. But then when they brought it over here, it's like, dude, the, the, the rock guy and the fucking yeah. And I, by the way, I do. We've talked about like D and Fist mm-hmm. of the North Star. I would say that those movies are objectively pretty good. I yeah. think they're maybe they like imported them because they were well received and well mm-hmm. done. But it, that is true. Like it's not that nothing like Ninja Scroll had ever been done before. It you just hadn't seen it as an American in like nineteen ninety three. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I watched it. It's still super fun. It still holds up. Yeah. But it, it's not like a singular vision. Yeah. Um, and so I don't. I, I'm sure people can point out like, oh, there's actually like this weird ass Japanese show that's better than Bebop. Like, I don't know what to say to that. Like, Japanese <coughs> anime fans, if you pulled them, then they would say the best anime is, like, Gundam or, uh, what the hell, Evangelion. Yeah. Or One Piece or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, I'm like, I don't, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I can't watch that many episodes of Dragon Ball. I, I love, I love the idea of JoJo, but, like, I... I want to. Yeah. I'd rather hear you tell me about JoJo yeah. than actually watch it. It is. I can just look at the pictures. I don't have to like read them in sequence. It it yeah. really is the whole thing of like, and I've I've told people this like, as much as I love all of JoJo, it's like, if you want to just skip straight to Stardust Crusaders, you can do that. Yeah. Like this. And so, uh, there, I think one reason Bebop succeeds is because it is such an atypical anime. It's it's serial, but it's not heavily serialized. Yeah. Um, it is extremely self-contained. It's not especially Japanese culturally. Like yeah. one of the really lovely things about the show and its vision of the future is that it's like, hey, we we all just like fucking live on Venus and speak a mixture of like Chinese, American, Japanese, Korean, and Urdu. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's like everything you yeah you genuinely see. A person of every color, basically. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say, like, oh, Americans like it because it's an American show. And, like, it's kind of an everywhere show. Yeah. Like, the whole point is that it's the biggest, like, gumbo stew pot sort of approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, outside of, like, Bebop, my favorite comparable anime would probably be kind of from the same era. Something like Trigun. Mm-hmm. Trigun's great, and there's a lot to like about that. Yeah. But that's that's like way more of an anime. Yeah. That's way more of like a like halfway through we're gonna do a recap episode to save some money and I've gotta beat twelve guys and get their mystic nyanyas yeah. and then show them to like the main end boss and then I can fight the end boss. It is it's like and I, I really like it and I think it's very beautiful in some places and just like super fucking cool in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But when I watch Trigon, I'm like, oh, this, this is a good anime. When yeah. I watch Bebop, I'm like, oh, this is, like, the best shit ever by <laughs> anyone. And the fact that with Trigon, it's a bit of a hard sell where it's like, okay, it's a space western, and it's about two brothers who are also plants, and they shoot at each other. Yeah, and, then, <laughs> and same thing, like, Trigon, it's, it, it hits some nice emotional beats, but, like, Trigun never feels real. It's just yeah. like, here's a crazy planet where they ride, like, ch- chocobos. Yeah. Whereas Bebop feels, like, v- 
very lived in, very authentic. So, yeah, it's not that I disdain anime. I just, I don't want, I don't have time. I don't have patience. Like, the style of, like, pacing and narrative and, like, Mm -hmm. the sense of humor and, like, all the things just don't add up to much for me. So you're like, oh, it's Attack on Titan, and this, one of the recruits is a hungry girl, and she likes food. Yeah. And, like, somebody has, a, like, dresses up as that character every year for Akon. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's still around, right? <laughs> Akon, you know, that niche. Have, no. I'm sure that's, like, somebody's favorite character, and that's, like, the, their avatar online and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm just like, oh, geez, yeah, food, great. And that's how, like, like, I don't find most of this shit funny. I find, like, I find, like, Dragon Ball Z to be intensely boring to actually sit down yeah. and watch. It's because Bebop, and, and I'm sure this is, like, obnoxious to people, but I'm like, wow, like, rap the musical. They did an anime with all that, all that stupid anime bullshit in it. <laughs> so, I'm the yeah. least anime anime. Yeah, I'm, so I'm joking, I'm being a little reductive, but legit, like, it, it's that it is something atypical. That's the reason it lands in my sweet spot, whereas at best I can look at Wolf's Reign or Samurai Shampoo, like, very similar shows and go, oh, mm-hmm. that, was, that was fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're, it's not popular in Japan, by the way. Mm-hmm. It is, like, the Japanese don't really give a shit about Bebop. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of those weird things like, oh, uh, Americans like Cowboy Bebop. It's like us going, huh, like Mexicans like Top Cat. Yeah. For some reason, that was the thing that caught <laughs> yeah. on. There. <laughs> uh, oh, well, more power to him. So, so yeah, I, I am naturally going to be like a little precious about it. But the conversation around Bebop is very weird because... It would be like, well, you can't compare it to the old show. It's not fair to compare it to the original series. And I think, why not? Mm -hmm. If you don't want me to compare something to what you're basing it on, have an original idea for once in your fucking life. Yeah. If you came up with a new show and showed me that, I wouldn't be able to compare it unfavorably to the the platonic ideal of it. Likewise, if you just if you just like made a kind of fun show, and then like in an interview the creators were like, oh well, one of our inspirations was Cowboy Bebop. I'd be like, oh hey, like I like that shit too. How about that? Mm-hmm. It's like how I don't get mad at Quentin for like you ripped off Lady Snowblood. It's like oh you like Lady Snowblood too, huh? It's mm-hmm. good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if they had done that, I might be more forgiving. Although. Uh, even then, I don't think the show's like, even objectively, I don't think it's all that good. Yeah. But but this nonsense about like, oh, well, like you you can't compare it to the original. It's unfair to compare it to the original. Like, okay, tell that to the fucking Netflix feed then. Yeah. They're the ones posting like images. Yeah. Of like, here's what the good, cool Bebop from the uh, cartoon looks like. Here's ours. It's like crashing into chocolate milk. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, anyways, here's how cool uh, Ballad of Fallen Angels looks in the anime. Here's our dipshit anime con version. <laughs> like, I'm not the one doing that. Yeah. Like, 
you're the ones who are, who are going like, hey, try not to think of a supermodel while you're fucking your wife. Don't do it now. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry. But uh, I, I think it's absolutely bizarre to, to say like, well, you can't compare it to the original. Mm-hmm. It would be unfair to compare it to the original. It's like, even ignoring the fact that you're going to do that automatically, you are being goaded on to do that by the marketing yeah. for this series. Yeah. They're the ones that are like reminding you every five seconds of like, hey, did you like, did you like uh, PRO? Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't have him, but here's a guy dressed as PRO. The whole show is, is Barney dressed as cr- Krusty. Yeah. <laughs> here's Cowboy Bebop. It won't be saying anything or doing anything. It's very much the... Damon Lindelof Watchmen thing of like yeah you're you're like a, a kind of okay weird lib superhero series but for some reason staple on like yeah yeah this weird thing of like like Lindelof saying like oh this is my own thing it's like okay then can you stop mentioning Alan Moore's name in every fucking interview because yeah a he doesn't want that like he asks you specifically not to and b you want this to be your own thing. Yeah. And we, we went in our own direction with the series. By the way, here's a dildo, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's like one or the other, which is why, and I, I absolutely, by the way, I totally buy the theory that he came up with his weird superhero cop show like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but they have superpowers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like his his weird idea for a show. And then he pitched it and then HBO went, that's good, but we have the rights to Watchmen. Could this be a Watchmen thing? We're trying to get Watchmen on streaming. Mm-hmm. And then he went like, oh, uh, yeah, f- uh, fuck, the, the Clownsmen or like the Children of Rorschach or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like I, I fully buy that. Yeah. And there's... Uh, I would not say that's what's going on with Bebop. Like, I had an idea for a super boring and generic Netflix series, and I mm-hmm. thought, why not just make it Bebop? Yeah. Um, but, but that kind of gets to the heart of it, is that this is just, like, any ass show. Yeah. It's like how, and I don't know, every show is somebody's favorite. I'm going to be the guy going, yeah. like, you got to watch The Nick. Mm-hmm. Don't skip over The Nick if you have an HBO Max account. Yeah. Which I love the Nick, but no one else has like heard of that shit. Yeah. Um, but when I would like get on Netflix to watch like Mystery Science Theater or mm-hmm. like Tim Robinson or something, yeah. And I'm just scrolling through like, okay, I don't care about like the Hades anime. I'm not gonna watch Altered Carbon. I'm not gonna watch like The Man in the High Castle. I guess that's Hulu, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, like they, these aren't real shows like yeah like I, I I don't have time I'm not going to slow down and watch like Yellowstone and Ozark and all this other mm-hmm. stuff and so this would just this is just one of a billion other cheaply made like web video looking not that great yeah. Netflix shows where it's like is it popular is it not it doesn't matter it's content yeah it's like, uh, oh, do, do people watch it? I mean, they have it on in their houses, if that's what yeah. you mean. Like, you know, th- those terms don't really apply in this day and age. Um, and taken entirely on its own, 
terms, like it, it's not it's not like the worst thing ever. Like I've seen worse adaptations of shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like how the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie is not like an execrably bad movie. Yeah, it's just like oh wow, this isn't as good as the book or the radio show or. <laughs> comic maybe it, it, <laughs> or like the illustrated version of the book they put out it's very much one of those things where it's like yeah this looks like a a hitchhiker's guide movie yeah is at this point in time in movies and so you end up watching and going well this is bound to please no one <laughs> yeah and then people who've never read the book watching like oh it's cute mm-hmm. and so i get how like you know like your mom or dad watches the Netflix show. And I was like, oh, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that that's that's what the show is for. People in their 60s going, eh, this is, I liked it. The dog's cute. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but the idea of you're not allowed to compare it or like, we're going to keep like just remaking bullshit, but you're not allowed to call us out on it. Yeah. It's, it's up to you to respect that we made that artistic choice. Yeah. So I find that one baffling, and then the other side of that is the the thing of like, okay, if you just watch it on its own terms, uh, it's like Firefly, or it, mm-hmm. it's like this show or that show. And I texted you about this when it came out. I realized that I I, I have like a little light bulb moment. Those shows only matter. Because once upon a time, they were distinct. Yeah. There was nothing like Firefly when Firefly came out. And so if you go back to something like The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., Mm -hmm. uh, like just to stick with the Fox examples, compared to what else was like on television at the time, Yeah. That thing fucking ruled. Yeah, that would you're like I've never seen anything and like it's so like weird and singular and you can still like look back and appreciate it for what it was, but it, like if it came on today, nobody would bat an eye. And I I look at I even look at that with like going with another Bruce Campbell thing, Jack of All Trades. Yeah, the, I watched like, that. I watched syndicated series. Like I watched that and like. I don't know what the fuck this actually really is, but it's kind of awesome. Yeah, like... like it's it, just weird as shit, but let's just do it. Yeah, uh, but my point being, like... Like, these shows uh, from, like, before a certain cutoff point. It was mm-hmm. like, wow, it, it was crazy that, like, Wild Wild West and Firefly and, like, fucking Farscape and, uh, mm-hmm. and Briscoe County, like... Those are, like, these weird shows that weren't, like, anything else on television. Which is true, because the other thing on television, like, if you change the channel, would be, like, JAG. Yeah. Or CSI, or, Mm -hmm. like, Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, that's true, but, like, these days, it's fucking 2021. Like, none of these shows are better than, like, Supernatural. Yeah. All those shows that, like, people mention, but you, you never actually, like, yeah. talk about much, where it's like, well, people sure do like, uh, you know, Supernatural and Sense8 and uh, mm-hmm. that, like, Jordan Peele series where they're Nazi hunters. And uh, Again, like, once upon a time, you could show, like, Warehouse 13. 
Yeah. Like, oh, I've never seen anything like this. It's so crazy that the, there's a TV show like this. Yeah. And then, like, these days you jump ahead. You're like, yeah, what? this is what shows are. Like, I don't yeah. think there, there's, like, a million of these. It's the same thing with, like, the Amazon tech. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know, tick comic, amazing. Tick cartoon, amazing. Tick on Fox, like, actually pretty good if you can find it. Like, yeah. And then the new ones, like, the Amazon series... It's not bad. Like, yeah. if you watch it, it's actually really good. But we're thoroughly into who gives a shit series in terms of this. Yeah. It's like, well, it's a show about, like, a superhero who's maybe not that good at being a superhero. You're like, that's every show. That's, like, yeah. I'm thinking of 17 things. You need to be more yeah. specific. It really is at the point where you need, you really need to pull something great out of the hat. Yeah. If you're... If you're going to make a, a big show or a big movie. Yeah. And like I mentioned, like, uh, I kind of used as a, used it as an example, but something like The Boys. Mm. That's why, like, I like it, but I don't like it as much as a lot of other people. Like, this is every show. Yeah. Like, it's better than Invincible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's better than the other things you could, like, compare it to or Super Mansion or whatever. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this this is like every series, so it's it's just like a better version of something I've seen a million times. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, even if I could magically, like, be in a gateway accident like Faye and lose my memory of the real Cowboy Bebop, mm-hmm. I think I would still watch this Netflix series and go like, Wow, the the villains are cool, and boy, what a theme song! But uh, God damn, this is boring. Man, there's a lot of them standing around in that bar. Mm-hmm. Boy, this could be a half hour long instead of an hour long series. <laughs> yeah. Like, but anyways, but that's just me being a crank. It would be unfair for me to compare this to the anime. Anyways, please enjoy this shot for shot remake of the opening of the anime. Yeah. Anyways, that's my take on it. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, like I say, it's it's less to do with just like endlessly shitting on the kind of nothing burger of a show itself and more just going like, God, people are weird the way they talk about this stuff. Yeah. Although something neat, from what I have heard and read, uh, Steve Bloom, Wendy Lee, Bo Billingsley, and Melissa Fawn do like this. Cool. They think it, they think it's neat. Like Steve Bloom said like I oh I, I really wanted to see what John Cho was gonna do with Spike. And it, like I think that's genuine. That was cool. a pretty throaty Steve Bloom. <laughs> Sorry. No no I'm not I'm not making fun of like, you know, you, you gotta do like the voice a little bit because he's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. That was that was full on like that was him as Wolverine. Oh, okay, that I was, was gonna say that it, was like Lawrence Tierney, right? Was, but yeah, that was I was getting more Wolverine than Spike. Okay, but uh, yeah, I think that's neat that like when when the old guard likes the new guard, that's neat to me. Yeah, and I yeah, it could be like super cynical and go like, oh, they just say that because it's popular. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll bring the old show back. Like, no, do I believe that, like, a bunch of people just, like, saw a couple episodes of this and went, oh, cool. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, like, that's, it's like when, like, a new Godzilla movie comes out, and they go, oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I, I'm, I'm glad they like it. Apparently, Yoko Kano and the seatbelts provided some new music for the yeah. series. That, to me, that's perfect. That, that alone makes me fine with the show existing, because that means I can go listen to that. Yeah. Without having to look at the show. Yeah. <laughs> Best of both worlds. <laughs> the whole thing of like, okay, did you say more music by Yoko Kano and the seatbelts? Shut up right now and just tell me where I can get it. I don't want to hear anything else from you. <laughs> yeah, so in the meantime, like, this weird, you know, three-dev Adam version of the real <laughs> Bebop. Uh, and it, like I say, if, if this were, like, a smash hit, yeah, I might be a little cooler on it. Again, the boys, when I'm like, eh, please... Settle down a little bit. Yeah. Because that, that was like a, that was a yeah. success in a way that few shows are these days. You, like, most shows don't get much conversation around them. And that's why I'm like, uh, like let's bring it down to a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if people love the new Bebop and were flipping out and I had to read like articles about like, here's why it's better than the original, then I'd probably be like, uh, you know, putting some holes in the drywall. Yeah. <laughs> But as is, like, nobody cares. Nobody liked mm-hmm. it. Like, like, not much fan reaction. Um, mostly panned by critics. I would be amazed if it got a... I'd be surprised if it got a second season. And if it did, no one's going to watch that or care about that either. And if it'll just have, like... A single AV club article saying like, yeah. well, the second season of Bebop uh, manages to fix some problems with its maiden voyage, but fumbles in other respects. And like, yeah. and then th- no one talk about it again for the following yeah. 363 days. Yeah. Although yeah. it has gotten big Netflix ratings. Oh, okay. Those things that exist. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I don't know what do you, what that even means. Like, no, I'm, I'm sure that it's a huge success. Like, uh, their new movie, Red Notice, or the, uh, uh, oh boy, did you see this? Uh, they bought, like, the rerun rights to I Love Lucy, and apparently that's watching more people than, being watched by more people than Seinfeld. You'll just have to trust me. Yeah. No, Netflix ratings is the scene from Larry Sanders when Artie's reading him the ratings. He goes, yeah. you managed to beat Leno and Letterman. And he goes, what about Arsenio? And he, let me see that paper, and Artie just has it behind his back. He goes, like, oh, oh, all gone. Too late. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's 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 Bebop where it's just like good good news. Bird Box 2 has been viewed by one trillion people. <laughs> yeah. It turns turns out that uh the inhabitants of the moon Oberon are huge fans of our new <laughs> Dave Batista movie. Just take our word for it. <laughs> yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah, you know what else is really popular on Netflix, too? What? Actual anime. <laughs> okay, see you next time, Space Cowboy. Yeah, basically, yeah, there you go. If you want if you want anime on uh, uh, Netflix, then watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean. Um, anyways, that's all we have. So remember to like, comment, and subscribe, and... JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean, more like Oh No's Bizarre Nad Venture Oh No Son. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you. That was completely worth it. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I interrupted you. <laughs> to do my Xavier Renegade Angel <laughs> wordplay. But yeah, uh, everybody remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And one more thing. <laughs>